thought it'd be helpful to just give us a sense of who Peter is. Uh, P- this is half of who Peter is. The other half is Karen, and she would have loved to have been here, but she's not able to. Uh, she's doing the kid run around today, but she's coming all day tomorrow. So please uh, meet her then. But Peter's going to share some of her story. I will. Pe- yeah. To give us a bit of context, can you tell us uh, your church, the name of it, where is it, how long has it been going, that kind of stuff? Yeah. Um, so um, my church is called Southwest Evangelical Church, and. Um, uh, we sorry. I, the reason why I had to pause is because and read the sign. We've just recently uh, rebranded. So, I'm like, is that really our church's name? <laughs> um, we've been going for uh, actually the same the same amount of time as Geneva Push. So, I was one of the unlucky ones when we planted in two thousand and nine. Geneva Push had just started up. There were no assessments going yet. And uh, that would have been handy. It probably would have saved me like five years of heartache. But um, we planted in 2009. We were a church plant from a, a, a largest Chinese church um, in Sydney. And we wanted to reach um, a growing Chinese migrant population in the south and southwest of Sydney. Um, so that was nine years ago, um, eight years ago. But um, what we've done since then is we've wanted the planting DNA to continue. Um, and so uh, two years ago, we planted another congregation, which essentially we operated like a church plan. This time we got assessed and got, you know, but I led the core team to plan again in Bankstown. It's still part of our big church, but because we're reaching a different demographic, particularly we're trying to reach second generation Vietnamese and other people in Bankstown. Um, We did that two years ago. And uh, one of my colleagues, Alan and his wife, Christine, are here this week because they're about to lead our next plant, um, which is going to be reaching um, first generation migrants with their sort of ESL background. So we want to just keep planting out of, out of our DNA. Um, tell us a bit about your family and what you like doing. Uh, yep. So um, I'm married to Karen. We've been married for 17 years. Um, she's humble. I'm hungry. Um, and um, we have four kids. Uh, the oldest is in high school. The youngest is in uh, first grade. Um, what do we enjoy doing? Was that the next question? Yeah. Yes. So um, we, Karen and I are really different. So if you know the you know, Myers-Briggs stuff, some people love I love that stuff. Okay. I know it's probably no basis in research or whatever, but I love that stuff. We are complete opposites on every single category. Um, so Karen loves going to a cafe with a book and, and just journaling. Um, I like being around people, um, and so I'll find you know, ways of doing that. Um, so recently, in the last couple of years, I've gone uh, into cycling a little bit. Lee Murray was telling me he's never actually seen me outside of Lycra. This is the first time he's seen me in real clothes. We're glad but for you, Lee, I've clothes. got Lycra underneath. So I'm, I'm quite happy to do the super... No, you know what? Okay, fine. Um, so yeah, I'm into cycling now. And um, yeah, so that's kind of stuff we enjoy doing. Okay. Um, can you give us a feel? You've been going quite a few years, but give us a feel, say over the last 12 months, um, what have been the highs and lows? What have been the answers to prayer? What have yeah. been the things that have maybe been a bit tougher, a bit discouraging? Uh, the highs are always uh, seeing people come to know Christ. I mean, there's just nothing like it. Um, in our context, especially, we... Um, you know, you get to see people who have had no contact with church because a lot of them have come from migrant communities. And um, when they come to faith, um, when they read the Bible and, the, you know, lights are switching on and that's, there's nothing like that, I think. Um, so that's still the biggest highlight. I think the other highlight is um, over the years as well, um, church planting is like, um, I mean, when you start from the beginning and, you know, it's this tiny little group of people um, and then it takes on a life of its own. That's, that's a really wonderful thing to see as well, isn't it? Um, some of the really hard things, um, I, I particularly can share from the standpoint of Karen. I think she was happy for me to share this. For her, um, just about 18 months ago, she realized that she was actually burnt out. And so that was a really tough time for her um, for all sorts of reasons. Um, and, uh, 
being a church planter's wife is one of the hardest jobs, and you probably know. Um, and just there was the time we just started planting um, our second, uh, the, the second plant in Bankstown. And um, she was really juggling ministries at both the, um, the home congregation as well as Bankstown. And um, for all reasons that I've you know, learned from since, like helping define her role and all the things that we didn't do back then, um, yeah, she was really burnt out. And, um, and that was a tough time for her to, to, to get through that. And we, we just had to make sure she was p- pulling away from as many things as possible to recover. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, she's recovered now, and, and we've learned from a lot of that. She's now, like, like you have been over the years, um, she's now on staff mm-hmm. um, on a volunteer role. And that's been really helpful, just defining that. Um, for me, I think the toughest thing is, um, I, I feel like, um, and, and, and the planters here will know, I feel like planters have to wear so many different hats and juggle so many different balls. Like at the beginning of the stage, you're like the person who's trying to incubate the church. And some people love that stuff. And I, I think I gravitate towards, I'm happy to start, you know, 10 different churches and leave it after two years, right? Because then the next stage of growth is sometimes harder for some others, you know, working out how the systems grow and how to have a bigger staff team and like, and then I feel like, how do I juggle that one? Because I'm not naturally as good as that. And um, that's, that's really hard. I, I find that's probably the biggest challenge and has had a lot of discouragement and difficulties over the years. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Um, as you've been preparing for us from um, Isaiah, there's probably been stuff that you've been passionate about and want to share with us. Can you tell us something about that? Yeah, Isaiah, it was funny um, when... Um, when Scott Sanders was talking to Rory, Rory was um, my college mate at uh, Moore College. And so it's cool that we get to share a platform. But we were talking together, we were on Skype, and Scott's like, it's going to be about leadership. Any ideas what you want to preach on? And Rory's like, oh, we should do the servant songs on Isaiah. And I went, ah, good one, Rory. And he was serious. Um, and this is, this is where we are now. And initially, it was like, how, how do we get servant songs to be about church planting Christian leadership? As I've dipped into Isaiah, I think... Um, it's been wonderful, actually. Um, you know, the New Testament talks about faith, hope, and love as the kind of three anchors. I think Isaiah is one of those books that really feeds your faith, and I'm hoping it renews your faith. It has for my mind, because it gives you such a big vision of hope, and, um, and I hope it, uh, it, it brings out doxology and, and love for God and love for others in a, in a, in a clearer, more passionate way. And I, that's what I've gained out of it. I'm hoping, you know, it's very broad because I want to give everything away, but I'm hoping that at the end of this mini journey through the servant songs, we, we get faith, hope, and love um, reinvigorated. Okay.